Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. All right, so just to recap, removing the barriers to getting good work. Number one, start every communication with the problem you're trying to solve. Help those on the receiving end reset and refocus. Number two, manage the egos according to their personality. You know the hot buttons. Be strategic in managing to your advantage. Number three, nominate the right person to deliver the work, even if it is not you. Yes, we said it. Take yourself out of the hot seat where needed. And number four, concede where there is opportunity to do so. Find ways to compromise where the quality of the work will not suffer as a result. And our next segment is in the trenches where we give real world examples specific to industries and situations, but with broad application so that any of you listening can digest and put them immediately into action. Number one, I try all the things you say, but to no avail. I feel like the CEO just comes in and takes over and everyone loses their voice. And then I feel like my efforts are wasted and I'm not the only one help. (laughs) Oh, okay. So first before you do anything else and waste your energy. Is there anyone in the organization that seems to manage this CEO well? It does not matter who that person is. Is there anyone? If the answer is yes, go to that person with Mm -hmm. the goal in mind of sussing out their quote-unquote secret sauce. Number one, it will stroke their ego. (laughs) And number two, you will get the help you need. Now, I say this with the caveat of as long as you believe that this person also comes from a place of wanting to get to the right work, they're aware of the issues with the CEO, they tend to be a pretty self-aware person, and they know what you're going to be coming for, right? Don't go to someone who's going to manipulate your ask into something for their benefit. So that's Mm -hmm. the only caveat there. But the point here is work smarter, not harder. If there is someone who just you see time and again manages this person really, really well, go to them. My friend Gina is masterful at this. She is constantly working with the C-suite and watching that woman get what she wants when she wants it out of these people is just, it's an art form. So anyway, if you have that person, go to that person. If not, can you give the CEO a role that's not putting them right in the middle of your work and your project? So to Anne's point, you know, well, you're the CEO. Come in and have this conversation before the meeting, introduce us, help us get to where we need to be going, you know, set the stage for everything, but really saying that you need them in a different place or a different way than them just coming in and inserting themselves. Because this will allow you to be much more proactive given the situation and it will help them feel like they are quote unquote winning because they have been given this ultra important role to play. Also, one of the things that I was just a huge fan of doing is before you end up in the situation where they come in, proactively set the stage for where you're going to want them to be part of the process and then orchestrate against that. So Mm -hmm. if your team really needs, I don't know, three days a week, whatever, to really get the work 
going and get it to somewhere good, then schedule 30 minutes a week from now with the CEO and say, look, we really need to dig in. You're so busy. You don't want to be in the middle of this. And also we need someone to evaluate from that higher level. So Mm -hmm. we're going to go work on this for a week. And then we've put time on your calendar. So you don't have to give it a second thought. Come in next Monday at three and we'll take you through what we have. If none of this truly works, and we've all been in organizations where that happens, it might be time for you to find a new role in a different organization. I hate to see this when it happens, especially if you're an all-star player in the role, but I also know how this can just be soul crushing. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in an organization where none of these tactics work, it truly is where the CEO comes in and stomps on things whenever he or she wants to. That is something where you're going to have to look at it within yourself and say, am I still learning? Is there a path for me here? Am I still growing? Is there a reason to stay? Or is the inability to head him or her off at the past distracting to the point where I don't even know what I'm getting done every day because I'm just dealing with this personality? That might be a place where you want to start your exit strategy. Yeah, I think all that is really good advice. And I think at the um, the root of that is really trying to understand what the motivation is of the CEO to be involved. Yep. I had a manager that was like that, not a CEO, but, you know, manager, so to speak, that always felt like she wanted to be a part of it because she always felt like she had something valuable to add. And she was <laughs> like, well, I want to be able to do that in, a, in an environment where everybody's there. I mean... I mean, I don't know if I, well, you might take what I say and it, it might be different, you know, or you might not say what I wanted to say at all. I'm like, oh my God, I mean, who is the person who's supposed to be the boss here for heaven's yep. sakes, right? So it's an insecurity. A lot of it is a control freak kind of nature. The fear of missing out, the fear of not knowing what is going on. And so if somebody asks them later and they don't know, they don't look stupid, you know? So there's lots of motivations for why like CEOs and managers specifically want to be in your business. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. So figure out what that is and then strategically try to see if you can head it off in the past like you suggested by doing certain things that will placate them or that will keep them involved or help them to be part of it without having to be disruptive. But what I've also learned in some cases, especially if you have like a very passionate boss, like a lot of times bosses get promoted and then you come in and take their role. Mm-hmm. That's been like a big, huge issue. I know at PNG where you're coming in and you're taking like over somebody's role who now, you know, they're your boss and they see how you're doing the role. And they're like, well, I wouldn't do it like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it like that. You know, sometimes you just have to get to a point where you just like, you know what, if you're so like have a, such a specific view of how you want to run this, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to go do something else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's hard to say because you were actually like brought in to do that exact role, but at least like forces a conversation of like, what, wait, what am I, what's going on here? Right. Um, But there's been times where we've, me and my boss were both assigned to doing the same work and it felt like, like huge overkill. And I'd be like, you know what, if you really have a passion for this, why don't you take it? Yeah. We all have other things we can do. Like we said, we had to do this. We all are very busy. So we have other things to do. So Sometimes, again, that could be like the conceding part of it. It's like, you know what? It just, it's just not worth it, mm-hmm. right? But if you are super passionate about the work, then it does probably behoove you to have a conversation with your boss about the roles you can play. So you just have to decide for yourself. Yeah. No, I mean, I think those are all good points. And I do love the idea of what is the motivation behind it because sometimes I think that those people that are successful at cracking the code are the ones that take a step back and do that reexamination and then think about, 
okay, I'm seeing this repeat behavior. I'm guessing that the motivation is this. Therefore, I'm going to go after that instead of every time we're in a situation trying to head it off at the pass that way. Yeah, I think that's really smart. All right, number two, I tend to be on the quieter side and there are a lot of loud voices. How do I navigate this? Anne. Yeah, it seems like we address this question almost every single episode because- Seriously. Yes, because it is so important to really get over this fear. <laughs> this, and, and so we we try to address this in different circumstances so you can see different ways to get different strategies and be able to put it into practice in different contexts. So bear with us if you think we have this conversation all the time, but it continues to be something that we are asked about a lot. So we know it continues to be something that's on your minds a lot. But we've talked about the fact that even if you're introverted or you tend to be quiet, that is not an excuse for not engaging, right? Your whole personal brand, your whole ability to show up and be able to demonstrate that you're capable of moving up or you're capable of getting more responsibility, you're capable of moving the business. All of this is contingent on you being able to have a voice in important circumstances, whether it's a meeting, whether it's one-on-one with your boss, whether it's one-on-one with a colleague, whether it's in small group settings, whatever it looks like, it is very important for you to be able to have a voice here. That doesn't mean that you have to be inauthentic to yourself and you have to act differently, but it does mean that you have to do some additional work in order to be able to have that voice until you have the confidence to be able to interact in the way that is going to be more natural for you. So the one thing that we say that you absolutely have to do is you have to, you have to be prepared. All right. This means you need to spend a little bit more time ahead of meetings or engagements you're going to have with people Really thinking about what do you want to get out of this? What is your specific point of view or your thoughts that you want to make sure are communicated in these engagements and these interactions? And how do you want this person to feel as a result of engaging with you? Which is really, really important. A lot of times we don't think about how we want this person to feel, but it's really important for you to be mindful of that because it's going to be how your words are going to translate. As April said, Mm -hmm. it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And your tone is going to be very important, but also in the way that the impact is felt is going to be very, very important. All right. So that will help you move (laughs) your message a lot easier than just trying to say it. So think about how you're going to say it, what you're going to say, and actually practice if you can. So sometimes you do it in front of a mirror. Sometimes you do it with another person. Sometimes you could do it with your spouse or your partner. Try to find some ways to be able to practice it. Say it out loud. Don't just run it through in your head. It sounds totally different when it's coming out of your mouth than when it's in your head. So make sure you actually say it. If you get into a space where you're like, okay, I know I'm going into maybe a bunch of like very egocentric personalities or it's going to be very loud, it's going to be very action oriented and that really intimidates you. See if you can find somebody who can be an ally with you in the meeting. So somebody that can actually maybe throw it to you, say, hey, Mm -hmm. I have this thought and blah, 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 blah. But I know, you know, so-and-so has a thought too. Why don't you like share your thought, right? So maybe find somebody who can help you orchestrate your opportunity so that you're not trying to like speak up if you feel like it's really hard for you in order to speak up in those places. Maybe too, and this is like totally, <laughs> this is totally the advanced course, but it can definitely help is like make yourself the facilitator or the yes. presenter, right? So you get to dictate the actual agenda and the meeting and, and how the, the conversation flows. That automatically gives you the clout, the respect, 
of being the person that they're supposed to listen to. So it then it doesn't feel as intrusive or disruptive and it doesn't feel as unnatural to kind of speak up and and provide your thoughts. Now, a lot of you introverts are probably like, you got to be freaking kidding me, right? <laughs> so again, I would start small, you know, in a small setting, in a small meeting where you may call something that you feel very confident about that you can start facilitating that. Once you start doing it, once you start building that confidence, and we see that very, very often with folks who feel very shy about uh, their qualifications and or their confidence in, in being a uh, voice in the room. But whatever you do, I'll end how I started. Do not opt out. Um, you can't opt out if you want to progress within your career and within the business. You have to have a point of view. You have to have a personality, a, a brand character that people are going to be able to relate to because that is as important to your progression as actually what you're doing. So for people who say, oh, I'm just going to let the work speak for itself. No, the work doesn't speak for itself. You speak for the work and that's what people actually hear. Yeah. And I, I think too, number one, standing up in front of people, right, is something that everyone has to learn to do serviceably. Yes. Right. Everybody has to figure out a way that they can present to a room. I don't care who you are or what your role is. There are very That's few very, jobs yep. where you don't have to face that at some point if you want to progress in your career. But the other thing I will say, and we've talked a lot about tone and Ann just mentioned it again, you don't have to do it the way that everybody else does it. Correct. And I think what happens is, and this is why I hate this as sort of a quote unquote cop out, is that. People will say, well, I'm quieter, and so I don't want to do that. And it just ends there. But I think the point of some of the ideas that Anne set up for you is examine it from all angles and find things that you are comfortable with. So to the point about becoming the facilitator, that does sound like to someone who is an introvert and doesn't want to speak up a painful thing. But I've also seen super introverted people be really good at it because it provides a structure and a format for them yes. to work within. Yes. And it also assigns them a quote unquote personality so that they don't have to think so much about, oh, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this. It's like, I'm going to go play this role. And then it orients it differently in their brain, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, to the point of, well, facilitation again, you also don't have to be the person that talks the most to be the leader in the room. So mm -hmm. if you're facilitating, and I've also seen some people that don't like to speak in front of rooms be really good at pulling things out of other people. So their skill is, okay, I'm going to let that person go, and then I'm going to sit there for a minute and digest, and I'm going to feed something back, and people are going to be like, that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So you have to figure out what does it look like for you. Like Ann said, you absolutely cannot opt out. But what I've seen is people just say, I don't like that and strong arm it and never revisit it again and the door closes and they're just there's just paralysis so anytime it even comes up it's like no I'm not going to do that when actually my opinion is most people regardless of introvert or extrovert or whatever can find a way to be successful if they work to find their own style and their own place where they feel like they fit still need help in growing your marketing smarts contact us through our website forthright-people.com we can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.